This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It is hour number two on a Monday afternoon. Some sun out there. Uh, for sure, the first two and a half hours, if not the entire show, all about the life the legend that is Bud Grant passing away at the age of 95 to the surprise of none of us. Another brilliant column from Patrick Royce on the passing of Bud. And Patrick is uh, kind enough to join us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. We all get the news on Saturday. And you've written so frequently about Bud. Take us through the process of how you decided on that approach in trying to summarize Bud? Well, I was actually had arrived early for the hockey game, the War Road uh, Bonamita hockey game. I was going to write a column, and uh, I mean, when I think state high school hockey tournament, I think you. I think well, uh, that's that's one thing about no longer wintering in Florida. That's, uh, <laughs> Uh, that's made me more accessible to that thing. So I was sitting there, and uh, it was about eleven ten, and Tim Layton came over and said, "I know you and Bud were uh, got along pretty well." And I said, "What are you talking about?" I just I had no, I did not hear the news. So then, of course, uh, the uh, Star Tribune spent twenty bucks for my car to park in the XL ramp, but I was out of it about twenty minutes later, and. Uh, <laughs> I was driving back, and uh, I knew a thousand things would be written about him, and I just uh, started thinking. I've always been fascinated by your father's relationship with uh, Bud because they uh, there's not two guys that could have had less to do with one another, except except being driven, you know, That's except it. being driven, yep. except being driven. But uh, and loyalty. I, I was about halfway back. Yeah, loyalty. I was about halfway back to the station, and I thought, okay, you know, Bernsey was the odd couple too. Was part of this odd couple. Uh, not as I don't think he was as close friends with Bud as as Sid was, but certainly was nobody was closer to Bud when it came to coaching football. And then it, it occurred to me, okay. We have lost these uh, three guys in a little over two years, and uh, you know, and we'll never have people like them again. And as I as I wrapped up my column, when I say we'll never see the likes of Sid, Bud, and Bernsey again, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about <laughs> Minnesota. I'm talking about toddlers. You know, we will not see three guys like that. And uh, it just struck me that okay, we'll see what we can do with this, and. Uh, 
and then I, I, I called you and uh, confirmed my suspicions and uh, and uh, just started off. And the nice thing about a column like that is you know where it's going to start and you have no idea where it's going to end. <laughs> you just you just go and uh, and I knew that I could I I had the, the sp- usual space limitations weren't in effect, so I just. Yeah. Uh, and when I got to the, you got to the finish. I, uh, I, I didn't know what to do with it, so I just thought of something. You know, that's just the way it goes. But it was, uh, it was. Uh, it, I, I don't want to say it was fun to write because, of course, we're mm-hmm. right about uh, yep. three guys who have uh, three guys who I, who I admired in very different ways. Yes. <laughs> uh, uh, I was writing about the death of these three guys, but it was it was also fun to write that, uh, you know, that kind of an ultimate. Uh, I saw it as kind of an ultimate obit for all three of these I guys agree. that we've lost within two and a half years. So, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and it's, you know, not only did it strike you and your, you know, <laughs> But your dad, uh, you know, they talk about your dad's one attempt to join the fishing trip, and he was wearing wingtips or some right. damn thing, right. so up in a suit, and uh, and and uh, but Bur- but Burnsy also because uh, you know I know I I, I got to tell you a Burnsy story here. So I you know when I was young and you know, it was 1980, they were still playing at Memorial Stadium and. Uh, uh, might, it might have been, no, it was earlier than that. I was over there doing a sidebar, and I was after Burnsy had replaced Evashevsky as the coach, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And yeah, well, it was about 1980 because. Uh, well, not 1980. So in the, yeah, in the... No, but he wasn't, no, but I mean, this, this story occurred about 1980. Oh, okay. I got it. Yeah. Your dad, you know, were you ever on that Memorial Stadium press box where the oh, yeah. chairs yeah, were he... like, there was like. Another place he like took me where I shouldn't have been. Yeah, I had to be airlifted into those seats there because they were like, you know, as a full-figured fellow, and uh, and you could you'd climb over. That's a good go. walk. And they announced that Hayden that Iowa was leading some really good non-conference team, and I said loud enough for your dad to hear. I said, you know, that Hayden Fry's really doing a good job turning around Iowa after Jerry Burns bleeped up the program <laughs> i said it hard. and your dad came climbing over these chairs to strangle me you know which was which of course was the effect i was looking exactly. for but because i i didn't know birdsy nearly as well as i do him later but uh yeah. but i knew that it would set off said and and you know those days of watching go for football were not were were sad enough that but to throw in a shot at Birdsy too was uh, too much to resist. So anyway, so I you know the, his relationship with it is amazing when you look back. You know your dad was probably closer to the Iowa coaching staff than he was the Gophers. He and Shevchenko were like the best buddies and uh, absolutely and the, and, the, and the whole thing. But uh, and to get us back to Bud, as you told me. Bud, how how could Bud and Sid develop this extremely <laughs> wonderful relationship? Because, as he said, Sid had a car. That's it. There was, there was never, this guy never did anything without a motive. Did you hear about the Hagen story about the, uh, the, uh, the Hagen, by the way, uh, 
congratulations to Bob Hagen. The speech has ended. We, we've heard that, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I got I got released anyway. You were there too. Yes. And the, uh, yeah. The uh, the story about the guy, the kid from Channel Nine, coming out and asking him how much money he made on his last garage sale. That was the best. <laughs> but glares at him and says, "Are you from the IRS?" Exactly. If, if if and then doesn't say anything else. If you wanted, if you wanted to end a conversation with Bud, ask him how much money he made on anything. <laughs> that was that was the best way. There was always uh, there was always some. Uh, isn't there a famous story about your dad giving him a uh, like a Murray's butter knife certificate back in the day? Like in fifteen years later, Bud brought it in because he had to buy somebody dinner. I think that's right. I think, yeah. I think <laughs> listen. And they weren't gonna cash it because it expired like twelve years <laughs> earlier and they put Bud here it is. So they got he's got his free steak. So Yeah. Anyway. Some people would say, you know, why is Bud doing these garage sales? What's it all about? He liked the cash. <laughs> he liked I mean there's just nothing. Oh, but- yes yeah he did. And you know the you know guys that grew up basically in that same era, they all grew up with parents who didn't have twenty bucks. That's you it. know they, they they when they were kids. I, I did a column on uh, John Mayus just a couple of days beforehand, and uh, you know his mom never saw him. They didn't have a TV. They didn't have a car. His mom never saw him play a hockey game. You know some Croatian immigrant, and they had no money whatsoever. And uh, that's just the way those guys. Hundred percent. The guys we're seeing now in their nineties, and your dad and Bud, and those guys are—they—they they had no money. There was no money back then. My father, um, like it, in the, when he was in his seventies, would say, "Just so you know, I'm going to hide a little money uh, around the house. So whenever I pass, go looking for it." I'd be like, "What are you talking about? Why? why? No, no." And, and 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 so I like for five years, Patrick, don't do that. Don't do that. And finally, I'm not going to change my mind. He goes, okay, I'd say, well, tell me where. I'm not going to tell you. You just got to go find it. <laughs> God is my witness. So Hunter and I, like about two months after he passed, I finally said, well, you want to do this? And yeah. so we found a little bit in a shirt. We found a little bit in a coat. We found a little bit stuck between the couch. I mean, he, he had done okay. But he was like, he knew about Silicon Valley Bank even years before you know, yes, he would pass. Yes. You know? And Bud, uh, and uh, the famous story, and again, this is about Bud, not your dad, but uh, – when we were moving out of the up to the old building at the Star Tribune to the uh, to the new building, or when they were remodeling it up there, not 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 that time. So like 15 years ago, they were remodeling it, and they found like two paychecks in Sid's drawer, yes. <laughs> like 20 years earlier. That he, like, it was so long ago that one of them was for 145 hours. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, this place, you know. Patrick here. He was the last yeah. person here by about eight years to do direct deposit because he didn't trust it. You know, <laughs> he wanted to go to your buyer lease and go to that small little U.S. bank yeah. and just cash the check. I mean, he, he yeah. I mean, uh-huh. he kept balancing his checkbook and <laughs> like two days before he passed away. Patrick Royce is with us. Okay, let me go back because I agree with you. We won't have my father, Bernsey, and Bud again. We still have unique people. We still yes. have characters. And I'm with you in this. Why don't you think we'll have individuals like that moving forward? 
Well, they got to be, I, I think, caution to, uh, you know, the, you don't really in this society where they can, uh, they can, you know, get into your lives so uh, easily and look everything up about you. You don't want people to know that much about you. As, as these guys were pretty well open books as far. I mean, Bud was secretive and about some things, but uh, I, I think it's just the, it's the way teams operate. They're, yeah. Right. The teams. You know, we used to be the. Uh, you know, when Sid was in his glory, the you found out all your information about a team through the newspaper and maybe WCCO. Yeah. And uh, now the teams do their very best to control, not only control the narrative, but to be the source for the narrative. That's to, correct. To have, you, yes. to have you go to them to find out what's really happening. Don't believe all these, uh, what these other people are telling you. They have full scale, uh, you know, uh, PR departments that, uh, now, the University of Minnesota's PR department for years was Otis Dipwit with student Greg Wong as his assistant. <laughs> now they got 25 guys over there, you know, yeah. so uh, guys and, you know, men and women over there. And uh, it's and everybody has these uh, massive PR departments that are trying to uh, make sure that every story that comes out is spun uh, the way they wanted to, and and these guys, I mean these coaches and everybody else, you really can't afford to be an open book like Bernsey was. No, and uh, I, I guess that's it. Plus, you know, your dad's bedside manner probably wouldn't work in this modern <laughs> yes, society. Yes, I, I'm not the world. <laughs> I'm not the world's greatest, but uh, you no. know, I, let's face it, Sid's glory years were where you could still. Uh, abuse a hotel operator until she puts you through to the room you wanted. Uh, that was, uh, that was, uh, you skill. know, that, that, yes, the cell phone was good for a lot of people, but it was bad for Sid. That's, that's <laughs> exactly right. Uh, loved it as always. Uh, great stuff. Be well. Uh, one last, did you see, I still haven't seen everything everywhere, um, which won everything last night. Did you see it? Yes, I did. I did watch it. I don't know if I finished it, though. It was too zany for me. I don't watch the Oscars anymore, not because I'm afraid of violence, but because I'm afraid of uh, – I, I don't see movies like I used to. I see yeah, them I'm with maybe two years later on uh, Netflix or some of them, and some of them are being nominated or from Netflix. But, uh, I mean, I used to be fixated on that thing, and now I, 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 don't, I don't really watch it. One last thing. Yeah. Uh, I did this on Twitter, and if you want to know who Bud Grant was, and I did this on Twitter, and I've told this story before, Jim Finks, the great Jim Finks, tells Bill McGrain, so the PR guy, to go out and pick up Bud Grant at the airport. He's the new coach, and Bill McGrain says, I don't know him. How well I know it's him. And Jim Finks said, he'll be the guy who looks like the town marshal. <laughs> and was nothing truer has Perfect. ever been smoker. He was Gary Cooper at high noon when he got off that plane. Baby. Exactly. So, unbelievable. Perfect. All right. Thank you, Patrick. The yeah, great goodbye. and fabulous Patrick Royce here on CCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Uh, the theme, the bumper uh, theme, you want to share that? No clue yet from you? I think I have an idea, but why don't you go, go ahead. Go ahead, please. Well, it's got to be, I assume it's tied to the Oscars and the music? No. Is it tied to passing? No. Is it tied to me? No. Okay, well, then I was wrong on all of them. Some songs are I, from I, the Oscars, yeah. which makes sense. They're very popular on iTunes right now. A lot of people have heard these tunes, and they're streaming them. Yeah. There are two. One of the notes I sent you uh, this morning about the most popular tune on iTunes right right. now. That's right. (laughs) Donald Donald, J. Trump and the J6 prison prison choir singing (laughs) Justice for All. So these are all tunes that are staring up on the iTunes list. Behind. Donald J. Trump and the J6 prison choir are still you, at number one as uh, of this morning. Are you going to play the Donald J. Trump and the prison choir? I, You know, I'm good with that. I'm you're, fine. You're I, not. I'm okay not doing that you're today. Uh, We're honoring all those that just mm, couldn't quite get there. Donald's number one. That's what he's all about. Um, Ahmad Rashad, we recorded an interview with Ahmad a little bit before the show. We'll play that coming up. Ahmad is really good during this conversation. Um. Bud's passing enormous news. Let's hope everybody lives as, you know, decades and decades and decades more. Not everybody. There's a few, you know, of the criminal element. We don't need them to live forever. Who else in the state of Minnesota generates the Bud Grant reaction? I think the answer is no one. Okay. Who's closest on that list? Tell me. 651 Four six one nine two two six. I believe the last. <clears throat> I think there was a stretch where Prince, my father, and Bud were the three most recognizable individuals in the state of Minnesota. Yeah, I mean, if they weren't the three, they were certainly fighting for top three. They were, and then you debate politicians. Yeah, right. Politicians <clears throat> are you know guys like Kirby Puckett. You know, right, and, and, you know, obviously with the run with the twins, eighty-seven, ninety-one. Right, but I'm you I'm know. saying of of the last Prince has been gone how long now? Seven years, eight years, yeah, six right. years, somewhere right in there. Right now, outside of politics, seven years in April. Seven years in April. Okay, outside of politics, who is the most recognizable person 
from the state of Minnesota. Who would that be? Hmm. I mean, from the state? <clears throat> I mean, yeah. I guess he'd throw Bob Dylan in there. He certainly doesn't He's spend a lot of time here anymore. He's, you're right. He's from the state, mm-hmm. but he's, I don't know, does he still have the place in Buffalo that he goes to occasionally? I mean, if Bob Dylan passes, it's an enormous, enormous story. Um, one of the greatest storytellers in the history of music, for sure. So that's good. Like Cook, being the ball guy, suggests Maurer. Again, let's hope Joe is, you know, 60 years away from that. Is Joe still that recognizable now that he's been gone from the ball club for a few years? I mean, I'm just trying to think, who else gets the Bud reaction? I mean, do you take a guy like TK? And again, hopefully TK has many, many years left, but as... As a coach, obviously, like Bud, but yeah, a coach that was able to bring two World Series titles. Very recognizable for a long time, but Tom hasn't been very visible for a while. You know, great success. Uh, let's see. Somebody's saying Louie. Louie would get um huge reaction. Yes. Right? Patrick would get a huge reaction. Tom Bernard, Texas A, would get a huge reaction. Now, some are saying politicians. <clears throat> Jesse, Klobuchar, are they number one and two in some ways? More than Governor Walls? Probably. And again, I'm not talking about like Governor Walls not again. We want this to be decades and decades ago. Jesse... Because of everything that is Jesse. Yeah. Right? The persona that went well beyond Minnesota. But, you know, who else? I mean, Walter Mondale, when Walter Mondale passed, was big, but he wasn't Bud, right? As far as, I mean, listen, Bud's a football coach. What Walter Mondale did, when we're talking about the importance in life, I get it. But I don't know who's left right now, who's going to... Get that reaction in town. Nobody really, I mean, good suggestions, but I don't think anybody close to Bud right now. Someone who knew Bud very well, came here when his career was very much in flux. Ahmad Rashad. He would go on to have an excellent, outstanding seven-year career with the Vikings becoming well-known public figure himself for all his great work with the NBA. Ahmad Rashad is with us in moments on CCO. Welcome back, everybody. We continue to remember an absolute icon and legend, Bud Grant. Another fabulous guest is with us. The great Ahmad Rashad is with us. Ahmad is with us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Ahmad had seven fabulous years with the Vikings. And Ahmad, I thank you as always for coming on to reflect on somebody who meant so much to you. I want to get into your relationship with Bud in moments, but I want to talk about where you were at with your career when you came here to Minnesota. You'd missed the 1975 year with a knee injury. You signed as a free agent with the Seahawks, and then late in camp, they trade you here. 
and I believe they ha- I have this right. You didn't pass the physical here because of the knee, but Francis went to Bud, went to the organization, said, this guy can play. When all that is going on, and, and you would learn to become such close friends with Bud, but at this point in camp, what was your impression of Bud at that time? Bud Grant was one of the great coaches in NFL history, and he was all he was known for, you know, his demeanor and those blue eyes, and didn't you know, no nonsense kind of guy, and a tough coach, tough as nails coach. I never felt any of that kind of stuff from him. He was warm to me the moment. I, I mean, the first day I got to practice, I got there late because I got lost, you know. And, and it was one of those things where it, I I changed my name. Uh, a year or so before, and at that point, I think people thought I was crazy or strange or whatever, hard to handle or whatever that was. And then ending up on a team that had a coach that took no crap for nothing right. was like, wow, this is never going to work. It's never going to work. And I'm telling you, he he, his arms were extended out to me. I was so late. You know, I was kept saying, oh, I got to make a good impression the first day. I'm at the hotel. I get in the car, and I can't find the practice place. So I show up about 15, 20 minutes late, just running out on the field right. while everybody is out there already. And I'm thinking, oh, man, I probably screwed this up already. And Bud just walked over and he said, so what happened? I said, well, I got lost. He said, yeah, it's hard to find from over there. That's all right. You'll be all right. Just like that. That's yeah. all he said. Right. And I'm thinking he's going to say, hey, kid, turn around and go back in there and leave that uniform on and get out of here. So it wasn't that way at all. And he also came to me and said, tell me how to pronounce your name. Because I want to say it right every time I say it. Yes. Now there was there was publicity going up to that point where when I was in St. Louis they refused to say it. You know that was a major problem. They were they weren't going to call me the name that I had chosen. They weren't doing that stuff. But Bud made it clear right away that he was going to be on that side of it. So that that was my for, sort of uh, you know that was sort of the the start of that. And the biggest story of that is Francis going and saying if you don't sign him you might as well leave. I ain't playing. Fran gave them the ultimatum: either you keep him, or I'm I'm done. Wow! Who, can so I just go back? I never to, got over that. Can I go back to St. Louis Park? Who wouldn't pronounce your new name? Was it the team? What, yeah, the to the coach. You know, the, the coach at St. Louis. It was uh, none of them. They just wouldn't at all. They weren't going to do it. That's not it. We're not calling you that. <laughs> just embarrassing. Just, <laughs> just unbelievable. Shows well. Okay? Shows shows some of the progress we made. Obviously, we still have a ways to go. Okay, so the season <laughs> you you're joining a great team. This is a team which would go to the Super Bowl. How soon did you feel like you fit into this team? This team which had been established for a long, long time, already having won the NFC Championship multiple times, going to three Super Bowls. How did that work out, and what role did Bud play with that? Bud was, uh, he was just always, he realized that I was a very, very good player and dealt with it on that level. And it also did, it also helped the fact that Francis and I were friends, too, Francis and I, one offseason, we, we sat in uh, Denver or somewhere. I, I, we just met, and we sat there for two hours and talked. That's when I was going through all that mess in St. Louis and yep. trying to get out of there and all this stuff. And Francis was, you know, we were having this long conversation, long conversation. And so I also had done a couple USO tours with Carl Eller. Mm-hmm. So these were my yeah, two guys right. that I knew on the team already. And so when I got there, they were like, yeah, hey, this is the guy. This is the guy going to get us to the Super Bowl. So it was, uh, and Bud was sort of the same way. He 
I always thought Bill Bud would always say he saw a little bit of himself in me, the way I played. You know, he saw that. That's what, in, that he. In what say. way did he in, see in, that, Amon? In terms of being a perfectionist, you know, in terms of having running correct routes, you know, there was a season there, you know, where they put all the mistakes on one film, you know, all the mistakes you made during the course of the year. Mm-hmm. I wasn't on it. <laughs> that was like the one of the highlights of my life. I wasn't on it at all. But Bud was like, yeah, uh-huh. You know, because he had played and he was a really good player. Yeah. Uh, so so it was we, – we just hit it off. I, I mean, I just – I never had a coach quite like that. And as tough as he was, he still put duck feet in my shoes when I come to practice on Saturday, pick up my shoes to be some duck feet that he just shot some ducks and cut and put them in my <laughs> shoes. You know, and that was a regular thing, and he never he never said he did it. You know, I goes, hey man, you put them things in my <laughs> what, what things? What yeah. things are you talking? I mean, that was his whole thing the entire time. He got me so many times with all that crazy stuff too, man. It's just. Uh, uh, he called me in his office one time, and he had a lion in there from the zoo. So when I opened the door, all I could see was that lion. I mean, it scared the crap out of me. He Wait thought a second. That was Wait so a second. Funny. This is a stuffed lion? No, a real one from the zoo. You know, the <laughs> zoo had brought some lion or something in there, and he called me up to his office like he wanted to see me. <laughs> and the joke, the funny thing is the joke was like between him and I. Yeah. It's like nobody else knows I'm going up, and I go up and I open that door, and I'm telling you, I almost had a heart attack. <laughs> I, I, I would, too. The great Ahmad Rashad yeah. is with us. So let, let me talk about that player side of it. It's just such a reminder. I mean, here's a guy who played in the NBA, the NFL, was also a really good pitcher in baseball. This is this is well past his time when he played. But as a former player, how do you think that helped him becoming such a great coach? Because he knew how to get the best out of everybody. You know, a good coach is the kind of coach that can get the best out of everybody. There was no yelling, no screaming. You know, I even asked him about that one time. I said, hey, but how come you never yell or scream at anybody? He goes, I don't have to. I just cut him. And then just kept walking. <laughs> he just kept right on walking. You know, he was mad. He was, he was, he was matter of fact with, with everything. So it was, uh, and that's what, he, and he had the ability to, we didn't have rules on the team, right? We didn't have any rules. He just knew what to do and what not to do. Because he told me one time, the reason I don't have rules is I don't want to have one of my best players break one of those rules, and then i got to sit them down or cut them or whatever it is. So we're not going to have rules, but you know when you screw up or not. Yeah. You know, and then we'll deal with it from there. So I always thought, I always thought that, was, well, that was really, really great. And he was so well-respected. It was, you know, the guys, it, it, and it was, it's sort of a phenomenon because, you know, the guys started calling me Bud Jr., you know, now I'm the I'm here. I'm this wild dude coming out from somewhere. Right and now, I'm Bud Junior. Just because Bud, I mean, there was, it would be so cold sometimes, and Bud would uh, he'd call me over to the side to talk to him at practice, but he wasn't really calling me to, to talk. He was calling me to get me out of the cold. You know, I'd be there for ten, fifteen minutes. We'd be talking about hunting, fishing. You know, <laughs> everybody else is practicing, and I'm there thinking. I think he was just trying to get my mind off how cold it was. <laughs> That's, also, they didn't give they didn't give away sweatshirts, right? No sweatshirts yep. were to practice. So I asked I asked the guy, I asked Stubby the trainer, I said, Stubby, can I get a uh, I need a sweatshirt to wear? He goes, Oh no, it's only twenty five degrees outside. We don't give that stuff out till it gets cold. <laughs> so I'm thinking, twenty five is not cold. So I go to the store and I buy a long john, you know, a long john top, and I wear it. 
You know, the first game, I just wear it. No one said a word to me. Bud never said a word to me. Nothing. Zero. So I wore it every every single time. And then I asked him a few years ago. I said, "But how come? How'd you? How come you let me wear that sweatshirt? You know, when you wouldn't let anybody else wear it?" He goes, "You know, because I think I I would I knew I was going to get the best out of you by letting you wear that." It's a great answer. Oh. It's just he's so yeah. matter of fact and so practical. Ahmad Rashad is with us. Okay, all the years you were with the Vikings, did you ever see someone, either by their words or their actions, challenge Bud? Um, no. Yeah. No, I saw Bud slam the door on a couple of referees at halftime <laughs> on purpose. Is, it, on purpose. is there he, one he story you can went, share? <laughs> you know, at halftime, there's always a referee that comes in the door and opens the door and says, okay, you got two minutes or whatever that is. So Bud made it a point to be standing by that door. So every time they open the door, he just slamming on them. <laughs> just like every single week. And we get all fired up and just crash down through the door. But Bud was so matter of fact with it. You could tell it was coming because he'd slowly sneak over to the door. And about, you know, five minutes before we were supposed to go back out, that door would open to be a referee and he would just crash it back closed on him. <laughs> which was pretty, which was pretty funny. He I, also in a game, I remember one time in a game, I had a, uh, I had a bad, uh, rib or something my rib was broken or something i could barely move or something like that so he took me out of the game and so we're standing on the side and the next guy gets hurt too and bud looks at me he goes hey it's either me or you and i ain't got my uniform on just like that (laughs) (laughs) so because of your success in football because of your you know great career in the nba you have interviewed so many coaches so many coaches over the years does anybody else remind you of Bud in their approach and, and and how it worked for them and it made you think of Bud a little bit? Yeah, uh, coach in New England. Belichick? Yeah, Belichick reminds me a lot of Bud. You notice he doesn't, there's not a lot of emotion on his face at any time, and he runs a really great organization, and the guys that play for him love the guy. You know, if you play against them, I don't think you have those same feelings. But his teams are always, you know, they were always um, ready to go. You know, it was always a full team. And that's the way Bud had it at the at the Vikings. You know, we were always a full team. And we had the purple people leaders. And we didn't make mental mistakes, those kinds of things. And Bud knew what to expect. And I think, I think he's the same way at New England, same sort of coach. When you think of individuals – who had the biggest impact on your life. Where is Bud with that group? Bud's in the top five. You know, Bud, uh, he just was, man, such a wonderful person and an, an original person. And, and he, I, I, I thought of him as a friend, not only a coach, but a friend and advisor. And I could go to him with anything. I mean, I had a, television show that was on the same time his was on. That's I don't right. think you're supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you're supposed to do that, are you? Yeah. <laughs> but he was okay he was okay with he was okay with all that. But the life lessons and the you know, we talked about a lot of things. He used to talk about how people in his family moved out to California and that didn't work because as long as you live somewhere where your body has to keep changing, you live longer. So in Minnesota you had, you know, the seasons, the summer, the winter you know, spring, all those kinds of things. He said that kept you 
you know, that kept your body going and, and, and things like these are just things that, and this was like, you know how you say that? I'd be in a line, <laughs> breakfast line and stuff. He'd go, Ahmad, come here. Yeah. And I'd go over there and we'd start talking. And it'd be 20 minutes, we're still talking, you know. We were still, right. But he would, do, he, would, he would do things that, like we had a coach, Les Deckel, who was oh, yeah. not the greatest coach. Nope. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he, wasn't, he, he was just kind of a strange guy. And so he had us doing this drill one day so that you stand about 10 feet in front of him, he says your name, you turn around, and he fires his football at you from this machine. That the football's coming at you about 90 miles an hour, and you're only 10 feet in front of it. So I say to myself, this is the way you break a finger. I don't, I don't see how this, this is going to work, so I don't really want to do this drill because if I break my finger, you know, I'm screwed up for the yeah, rest of the season. Sure. And so, and so Bud was standing over the side, and he calls me over. So I go over, he goes, what, kill, what kind of a – thing is that they're doing out there i said i don't I think he's trying to break all my fingers he said don't do it don't do it anymore don't you're gonna break your finger. don't do it so i went over and i kind of stood down by the other side he let les deckel do it three four times and he walked over right in front of me he goes hey Les, why isn't the mod doing it <laughs> that's so good uh, <laughs> you know the bud you know they never cracked a smile yeah right you know, yes just like, that's such a good yeah, point it's like, <laughs> It's like, what, I got you. Okay, you just got me again. (laughs) Uh, Just fabulous stuff. The great Ahmad Rashad is with us. We're getting so much reaction to this. You want to text, you can, 651-461-9226. Ahmad, thank you so much. I greatly appreciate this. Be well, and we'll talk soon. It's always great to talk to you, man. Always, always, always. Don't be a stranger. Thank you. The fabulous right. Ahmad Rashad. We're back in moments on Newstalk 830 WCCO. Your Lindis construction time check is 158. Time to get 50% off installation labor on Infinity from Marvin Windows. Love to have you follow us on uh, Twitter at Chad Hartman Show, at Dave underscore Harrigan. Coming up, CBS Laura, and then our regular Monday feature, the great Chip Scoggins on CCO. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 